Welcome to Leatherbread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso, and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leather Brains. Scotty, it feels as if we did this just yesterday. It's insane. I, I don't know if you have that same feeling, um, probably because we did just do this yesterday. So uh, understand, and we appreciate you uh, you joining us. As always, I am Slapdog, and of course, Scotty is here. Um, we, we are recording this a little bit early, and the reason being is because uh, the entire Leather Brains team is uh we are we're going to a wedding we're celebrating we're, we're celebrating love and so we had to do this a little bit early we are all going to denver colorado for a wedding and uh and so we're doing this a little early so unfortunately yeti could not make it for the thursday episode however he did give us uh what he like us to say so i, I think scotty is going to try his best uh his best yeti impression today and and kind of give us the information that yeti has provided on on his own behalf um, so we are going to do the news as always, of course. However, there's not much because it's only been a day's time, but there is a little bit of news. We're going to do our starts and sits of the week because that is, uh, we are still able to do that. Um, and then we're going to do a little bit of degeneracy. We're not going to go full degen this week. And then we're going to go over some brainiac questions. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get out of business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. Yeah. So keep in mind, we are recording this on. When, uh, what day is today? Tuesday. So we're recording this on Tuesday. You're going to be hearing this on Thursday. Um, so some of this news is subject to change. And there may be some things that are omitted because there's going to be a whole day of news that we miss out on. So keep that in mind for everything that we talk about today because you know there's a lot of practice that is left to be played. So it's possible that you have some injuries or things moved around in between our recording. So, uh, But we'll hit on everything that we know. It, and uh, I'm going to start things off here. It is also important to know oh, that if you're not following us on Twitter, I, I highly recommend you do so because we are constantly updating all of the Brainiacs on all the happenings through retweeting and or tweeting quotes or, or excuse me, quoting tweets or, or tweeting, you know, what's going on. So go follow us there as well, because we're also keeping people very informed as to what's going on for fantasy football over there. Yes. And if you want to be informed on the happenings of Cam Akers, it is wise that you listen to me because yet <laughs> again, right. I was correct. Um, yeah, I predicted after the fumble that we saw in week three that in week four, we would see Henderson out touch Cam Akers, which did indeed happen. Uh, but I have to admit, moving forward, uh, it seems like it's just going to be <laughs> it's, hidden. It's so now I, murky. I, yeah. I don't know that I can predict anything else. Um, you know, barring something like a fumble or something like that, that might sway in one direction or another. Um, but unfortunately, Cam Akers just isn't the guy that we thought he was going to be in the offseason. And uh, it's been a rough go of it for him. I think there's a better. I, I think there's brighter days ahead for him. I really do. I Well, I say that, but I in my heart, I don't know if that's the case. I, I want to believe that. Henderson looks better. Henderson just looks like a more explosive running back. And I, I want to believe it's Cam. I want to say it's Cam. And I think the Rams also want it to be Cam. But Henderson just looks good, man. Like a, a, watching that game last night, obviously the, the Rams lost. Um, but Henderson was 
much more explosive off the line than Cam Akers. So I, I think if I, you know, I, I, I own Cam Akers in a dynasty league, but besides that, I don't have to deal with this entire situation in any of my leagues. I think if I had to pick, I would prefer to own Henderson at this moment because I just think, I think he looks better. So that, and you know, Henderson saw all of the, it, it is worth noting uh, that, um, Cam Akers actually did out touch Henderson as far as physically holding the ball while running it. However, Henderson, uh, he saw all of the targets out of the backfield. So it, in that, right. Well, that's, that's what, that's the differentiation between a touch and a carry. So when you say out touched, I mean, as far as both targets, as well as carries on the ground okay, yes. combined. Yeah. So I, I think Henderson would probably be the guy that I would want to own. And you were correct, Scotty. So, um, give us your predictions for this upcoming week. I know that you say you can't. They're playing uh, Dallas's defense, which is a pretty good defense. Who's gonna get the yeah. who's gonna get more of the workload this week? If you can do this all season long. Yeah, but this is the problem is that I've I've got I've got a hundred percent track record right now, and I just kind of want to quit while I'm ahead. Because <laughs> I don't know anymore. I don't know. I want I want you to choose. Yeah, I know you do because you just want to come after me when I inevitably at some point get it wrong. Um, no, I wouldn't I, do that. Yeah, look, I you're four for four. That's a great freaking record. I, I'm not going to come at you for that. However, I, you did. You and I are playing each other in our league record this week. Mm, yes, I feel the tension actually. Yeah, Yeti. I like you a little bit less. Thanks, man. Yeah, Yeti went off last week though. That's yeah. When I played Yeti, he put up like 68 points or something, and I thought his team was going to be garbage. And then he's won three straight games since then. So I think I got off lucky. Yeah, I uh, I did not. My team, I well, I played Tua, and you know, obviously that whole thing happened. So, yeah. definitely did not start off well, and then my entire team underperformed. Yeah, yeah. But we're well, gonna bounce bad back news. this week against you. So, yeah. Well, we'll see. I uh, don't agree. Okay. But we'll see. So, um, who are you taking? Is it Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson? I was hoping I could just transition away without no, you. No, I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna get let you get away. No, I think against. Against Dallas, I think they're going to rely on Henderson. Um, I think they're both going to see touches, but I think Henderson's going to outtouch him again. So okay. that's that's my prediction based on literally nothing except for my gut feeling. So we'll see. That's what that's that's how we play fantasy sometimes. So I yeah. I admire it. Well, and my gut feeling when it comes to fantasy relevance for both of these people is don't don't play them because you don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on. So unfortunately, that's where we're at. And so because that's unfortunate, we're going to move on to more unfortunate news, which is the Colts have still not decided if JT is going to play on Thursday. Um, you and I discussed yesterday when we recorded that uh, uh, both of us are pretty skeptical that he's going to play just because even if he's ready, there's no real incentive for them to rush him back uh, from this injury. And like like I mentioned, you know, JT has been pretty inefficient. So I think uh, not that he's not a great running back, but obviously they're dealing with a pretty poor offensive line and it might be high time for them to start scheming and seeing what else they're able to make happen in this backfield, which may result in JTC in the ball a little bit less. So I don't think they're going to rush him back by any means. I think they're going to use this as an opportunity to rest him as well as an opportunity to see what their other backs are able to do, uh, you know, in, in uh, game time. Yeah. And it is worth noting. I mean, um, John Taylor had turf toe the week previous and now high ankle sprain. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean, the only incentive is the Colts suck and they need to get some wins. So that's they are not a good team right now. That's the incentive. But if you own John Taylor, I 
I would want him to rest. I want him to be 100% healthy because you you want him to be on the field and usable. And, and really, other than week one, he's been very unproductive. So let's hope that he does and or the, uh, the, the doctor gods come down and grace him with 100% health before Thursday. I just don't see that happening. So, um, keep, yeah, well, you know, and in, in with this being Thursday that this airs, you know, be cognizant of that and, and you know, have somebody to move around in, in, in the event that he doesn't play. You have that fortune where it's not a Monday night game. It is a Thursday night game, so you might you, you can pivot much easier. However, it is hard to find running backs. So uh, go listen to our, our last episode for waiver wire additions and see if any of those guys maybe are still around because that's that might might unfortunately be where where you're living at now. Well, and here's the thing, too, just as. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being negative, but even if they say, yeah, JT is going to play, I, I still don't think I'm going to start him. I, I don't. Some people and, might have to, though. That, and that's that's what I, I mean. Well, and I don't disagree, but I, I think what I'm saying is you, I think you should prepare as though he is not going to play because even if he does play, he's going to be on a limited snap count. They're going to try and take care of him. Um, and I just don't think, you know, if there is a week for him to, to break out of the slump, I don't think it's week five, regardless of whether or not he's on the field. So, um, just things to keep in mind. Hopefully he proves me wrong and he runs all over that. Uh, you know, he comes back and runs all over the field, but I just don't see it happening. Um, another thing that's not happening is Dak playing in week five. Dak, uh, is officially out for week five. No surprises there. It's good that we're having this conversation though, because it shows that he is approaching being game ready. Uh, it's just not going to happen this week. So something to, to bear in mind for this upcoming week. Yeah. I, I he's somebody who, you know, do you hope that he comes back and, and does because Cooper rushes not look terrible. And so, you know, some people are having that conversation. Obviously I, in my eyes, it's, it's still very much Dak Prescott, but um, why rush it at this point? It's still very early in the season. We saw a very similar injury happen with Russell Wilson last year and they, ru- they rushed Russell Wilson back. That's a mouthful. Um, and, and he didn't look a hundred percent. So you want to make sure that he is a hundred percent before you bring him back, because otherwise, you know, you're going to aggravate it and he's just not going to play the same. Yeah. And you're not in the same position that the Colts are in, right? Where you described, Hey, we got to, we suck. We got to get wins like immediately if we have any chance of doing anything with the season. Um, but uh, Cooper Rush is getting the job done over there. I mean, they're getting wins. And so again, not a real huge incentive to rush him back at this point in time. So he's not going to play in week five. We'll see what happens from there. Uh, Kenny Pickett, though, is going to play in week five. He has named the starter officially. Um, what does this mean for the rest of these skill players in this offense? Well, we're going to talk about that in our starts and sits uh, segment here in just a moment. But I, overall, I look at this as actually a good thing. I really do. And I, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because I, I want to segue this very slightly over to the Falcons because I will talk about Kenny Pickett in the starts and sits of the week. But I want to talk about the Falcons for just a moment because the Falcons are not a good team, right? We know that. We we all understand that the Falcons are not a great team. They have some nice pieces, but I don't understand why they do not just put Ritter in. And if you don't know who Ritter is, Ritter is the rookie quarterback, or Ritter, excuse me, R-I-D-D-E-R, not Ritter. Um, why they don't put Desmond Ritter in and let him play? Because they drafted this quarterback this year. Presumably, he's going to be their franchise guy, or, or that's kind of their mindset, because they have Marcus Mariota on a one-year deal. 
why don't you just put the rookie in and let him get some time under his belt? Because you already know that you're not going to be good this season. Why would you not let this, this young man come in there, get some rapport with both Kyle Pitts and Drake London, who are great athletes, and let him figure out how to play in the NFL? That's something that I don't understand because the Falcons are not a good team. They're not going to be a good team this year. So why don't you just let the young guy go in there, learn, figure it out, give him an opportunity to grow between year one and year two. And I feel like, you know, especially having Marcus Mariota there on a one-year contract, it's not like you have somebody who is a great quarterback who is has potential to win you games. He might uh, occasionally, but I I just, I, I think it would be much better suited for Desmond Ritter to just get the start if that is their game plan with this young man who they drafted, let him let him learn. And, you know, I, I at this moment, I kind of feel the same about Kenny Pickett, which is, like I said, I segued that a little bit. But Kenny Pickett is somebody who I, I think it's a good opportunity for him to start. And it, it jokingly pains me to say because I was I loved Mitch going there and I've been riding the Mitch train all offseason. But realistically speaking, I think it's a good move. I don't know if I would have done it this week because you are throwing Kenny Pickett in the game against the most difficult Bills defense. The Bills have the best defense in the game right now, and you're going to throw your rookie quarterback out there his very first week against the most difficult defense. So I don't know if that's really the... the maybe I would have waited just another week, but um, either way, I think it, it is good for Pickett to eventually get on the field. I perhaps would have waited a week just so his morale doesn't get completely busted for his first start. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll touch on Desmond Ritter first, um, just because you brought him up. I think that Desmond Ritter should play, and I agree with everything that you said there. And I also say that because as an owner of Kyle Pitts and Drake London, um, Desmond Ritter is more of that pocket passer style uh, that uh, that uh, Kyle Pitts saw success with, and I think Drake London would see success with as well. And because he's that pocket passer style, you know, they, they have a pretty good run game at this point in time. Obviously Cordero is dealing with a little bit of an injury, but their run game has been decent, which is why they haven't had to throw the, the ball a lot. Uh, I think they're averaging like 25 passes a game, but if you get a, a solid pocket passer quarterback in there with a strong and accurate arm, I think you're going to see the pass volume increase, which is going to be good for those players that we all had such high hopes for going into the season. So I also hope, if anything, for selfish reasons, that Ritter eventually transitions into the starter there, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, as far as Kenny Pickett goes, uh, the biggest takeaway here is I think George Pickens has got to be someone you're interested in because yeah. when Kenny Pickett was playing, he was very clearly looking at Pickens a lot. Um, you know, both of them relatively new and young guys. They, they kind of got those JV reps together, and so they likely developed some semblance of chemistry in that role. Um, and so I think it really seems like Kenny Pickett is wanting to throw the ball to that guy. And I would, uh, I would love it if that happened. I also, I dogged on Kenny Pickett a little bit last episode, cause we talked about how he threw those three interceptions, uh, you know, had no incompletions only threw in, uh, completions and interceptions, but I actually looked back at that game. I didn't watch that game live. I looked back at it and none of those interceptions were Kenny Pickett's fault. He ended with three interceptions, but one of them was a, a, a tipped ball. One of them went completely right through Chase Claypool's hands, and the other one was a lob ball into the end zone for a desperation play. So none of those were bad throws by Kenny Pickett, um, which is that's that's good. That's yeah. good news to see. He didn't have any ridiculous throws that you'd expect a rookie to make, and those will come throughout the season. But it's good to get him on the field, get him some reps, and he re you know he looks solid and looked like he was willing to use his feet, which are all good things. I am all on board, Kenny Pickett making the start. Um, moving on here to Latavius Murray signed with the Broncos in the wake of Williams injury. Um, I don't know if this has any impact here on Mr. 
Coach Boone, which by the way is a uh, uh, a remember the Titans reference, so <laughs> I uh, do appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so Coach Boone is that uh, obviously main character in Remember the Titans, and I think Mr. Boone here as the RB two now in this Broncos offense is likely going to lose some touches here to the veteran Latavius Murray. Yeah, this one really sucks because I I don't know how you progress going forward with this. Obviously, Melvin Gordon is the guy to own. But I think with this news and we saw a little bit last week, Latavius Murray got 11 touches last week and Mike Boone got three. uh, And that was in light of Javante going down. So Latavius Murray might actually be the own over Boone at this point. Um, Either way, Melvin Gordon is is the own in that offense. So I, I lean based solely based on on last week and the attempts that Murray versus Boone got, Murray might actually be the guy to own there. Yeah, I wouldn't be excited about owning either of them. But, uh, you know, at this point, when we were coming up on bye weeks, sometimes you got to make that tough call. Yeah. Um, News here that Rashad Bateman with his foot injury is considered day-to-day, though it was stated that it doesn't look to be serious. So there's a good chance that he ends up playing this weekend, but it is something to monitor just in case he does not. And last thing on the news here is that Brian Robinson was medically cleared officially and will be activated from the injured list sometime in the next three weeks. Um, I have a hard time. I don't, I didn't look up the exact uh, percentage of ownership with Brian Robinson. I bet he's owned in like a huge portion of leagues. 57%. Okay. Well, that's actually okay. So there's still a decent number of leagues that, you know, he's sitting on the waiver wire. And I think he is a very, very good speculative ad. If he comes back and looks like he did in the preseason when he was generating all that hype, he is someone that can make a big difference for your team. What a badass man. Like, see, like all the man got shot a month in some change ago, and he's about to go out and play in the NFL. That's crazy. I mean, absolutely insane. But I I agree with you. He's 57% owned right now. Go check your waiver wires and, this would be probably the a very good week to stash him before somebody else has that same thought because I, I think, and if you're an Antonio Gibson owner, it might be worth looking into a sell because I do believe that if Robinson can come back and look like he did previous to him getting shot, he's going to take a lot of work away from Gibson. So I Gibson's a sell for me right now, uh, and I would definitely go stash Robinson if he's under waiver wire. Agreed. And that's all the news that I have. Um, But again, just a reminder, keep in mind, we're recording this early, so there might be some additional news that'd be worth looking into. Check out uh, Fantasy Pros or check out our Twitter feed uh, to stay up to date as much as possible. Yes, sir. And now we're going to move on to the starts and sits of the week. Yo, boss, what's going on? Sit down and shut up. Uh, Shut up and sit down. Oh, shut up and sit down. Are you going to shut up and sit down? Shut up. And sit down. Sit down and shut the fuck up. Sit down and shut up. Sit down and shut up. Sit down and shut up. So as we mentioned, Yeti obviously is it could not make it today. So you're going to be playing Yeti in lieu of him being gone. Would you like to start off, Yeti, with yours start of the week, or would you like me to begin? Oh, I I think maybe you should just go ahead and start. Okay, I could do that. That sound like him? Yeah, actually, I couldn't tell the difference. I when you said that, I actually. I visibly saw him just kind of overlaid on top of your head. So it, it yeah, was very well I just done. had to make my voice sound a little bit more feminine, homosexual, <laughs> all those things. And yeah, it just came out perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. My, my start of the week, my first start of the week, I, we each do three. Um, my first start of the week here is Cortland Sutton. I think that um, there's a couple things that kind of play into this, right? Um, 
first and foremost, it is the news of Javante tearing his ACL. I think we're finally going to see some of these other weapons. We saw it a little bit last week, and I think I think it's Russ is cooking, baby. I think he has got some grease on that fire, and it's it's going to be a nice, good cook. I, I think the Broncos are going to, like I mentioned, start to use some of their other weapons. Cortland Sutton is clearly the wide receiver one in this offense, and I believe that uh, as the season continues, I think we're going to continue to see even more effectiveness from both Sutton and Judy, I, I do believe. Um, the Colts actually rank, they are the number 10th rank for passing defense, allowing 207 yards per game through the air. This doesn't necessarily concern me much. Uh, I, I think you play Sutton this week. And um, it's also worth noting that Cortland Sutton is the wide receiver 11 overall on the year right now, which, you know, if you own Cortland Sutton, you probably don't think that. But he is a starting wide receiver one on your team at, at this current moment. And I think if you own Cortland Sutton, you're playing him. So I uh, he is my first start of the week. Yeah, I love that pick. You know, Cortland Sutton is someone that I was really high on in the offseason, and as a result, I have a lot of shares of Cortland Sutton throughout my leagues, um, and I couldn't be happier with him. I mean, he's he's had some off games, but um, you know, for the most part, throughout the first four weeks, he's been very, very productive uh, and uh, has led a lot of my teams to victory. So I uh, definitely like the pick, and I'm I'm he's right now he's kind of a plug and play kind of guy. I'm not really looking at matchups as much with him unless I have a really juicy matchup for someone I can swap him out. But I think I'm I'm pretty much setting him and forgetting him until he uh, you know convinces me not to. So. I like it. I'm going to uh, start off with Yeti's first start, which is Chris Godwin. Now, Chris Godwin did not miss a beat after missing time with his hamstring injury for three weeks. He had seven catches on 10 targets, which, by the way, tied Mike Evans for the most on the team for 59 yards, but no touchdowns. Godwin finished just outside of wide receiver two territory in week four, but has a nice and juicy matchup against the Falcons secondary giving up the fifth most fantasy points and the second most TDs to wide receivers this season. So if you've got Chris Godwin, feel comfortable plugging him in and rolling with it. Yeah, and that that's another one where um, it doesn't really necessarily come as a surprise to me because uh, I wanted to see what he was able to do coming off of injury, and I, I'm sure Yeti feels very much the same, but he, he proved it against a very formidable Chiefs defense. And so, um, yeah, he's he's somebody that, you have to start, especially because he's got one of the greatest quarterbacks throwing it to him, which little segue here. He might be getting a divorce. He might be getting a divorce, Scotty. Yeah, it seems like that's likely. That's something that's been, you know, kind of in the works for a long time. People have been commenting on their marriage. And one of the one of the jokes that was only kind of a joke in the offseason when he decided to unretire was, oh, he spent like three weeks at home with his family and decided, fuck this, I can't do this, and then had to come back and play football. And obviously, it's easy to joke about. It's not really a joking situation. Very unfortunate for for those folks, and hopefully everything works out great for everybody. But um, Are we about to see Playboy Brady? Is Is that what's about to unravel? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine he would have any issues uh, getting with the ladies. So I think if he wants to be that, he can be. But he's also almost like 50 years old, so he should probably just, you know, be mature with all of his money and maybe do some investing. He already does that, I, I think. On the yeah, sure he does the crypto does. app. Remember, he was advertising for it. I think he's. I think we're gonna get to see Playboy Brady. I think that's gonna I'll, happen <laughs> if he approaches his dating life with the same level of risk that he uh, takes when he throws Super Bowl trophies from boat to boat. Um, <laughs> we're going to be in for quite the spectacle, so we'll have to wait and see. All right. Hashtag Playboy Brady. Um, my second start of the week, 
I am going back to the wagon. He was my start of the week last week and, and unfortunately bit me in the ass. It's Curtis Samuel. I'm, I'm going back to the wagon on Samuel. He's the clear wide receiver one for this commander's team. While he is second in command, see what I did there, on the depth chart for wide receivers, he's getting the, he's getting the target share. He's playing against the Titans, and the Titans are allowing 274 yards per game to the wide receivers. I think it's a great matchup for Samuel, who is getting the majority of the targets in this offense. Lock Samuel in. Feel comfortable starting him this week. The the real question is, do you think Carson Wentz is going to return to his uh, you know first three week mean and throw for you know four hundred yards and eight touchdowns? I think there's a possibility. Look, look, look. I'm not. I don't. We're having this conversation, which in and of itself is ridiculous because Carson Wentz sucks. But the first two weeks, man, he looked great. Week three, he played the Eagles. The Eagles defense is arguably the best defense. It is one of the best defenses in the NFL. Week two, he goes up, or excuse me, his second dud week was against Dallas this last week, which also has a top 10 defense. He's playing the Titans. The Titans do not have a top 10 defense. They are low on the spectrum for defenses. I think if this is the week, I think if there is a week, this is the week where he kind of comes back to form a little bit. Um, And and for that reason, I think both Wentz and Samuel are going to have decent games. I hope so. I'm excited. I I like, you know, I'm I I am very much a contrarian. And so I like when Carson Wentz comes out and says, everyone says I suck. Fuck you. I'm going to come out and be a top five quarterback for the first three weeks. And I'm all on board with that. So I hope he uh, he jumps back on the train. It's also worth noting he one of his games is against Detroit, who has an awful defense. Um, and then his first was against the Jaguars. So um, the Titans right now, I'm pulling up the stats here, trying to figure out what they are ranked, but I know it is not wonderful. So can't um, be good. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm starting him. I'm I'm starting Curtis Samuel this week, and I'm comfortable yeah. doing so. Don't disagree at all. And I would like to jump into a guy. I'm so glad Yeti put this on the list because I was going to talk about him regardless, but Mr. Brees Hall. Um if you're a Brees Hall owner, you have been through quite a roller coaster of emotions because in the preseason, everybody was high on Brees Hall. He was one of those one of those targets that hadn't proven anything yet, but uh, everyone was really excited for what he was going to be able to do. And then he came into like a really ugly running back situation where you didn't know how many touches he was going to get. You didn't know who was going to get the important touches. Um, and it was almost like, oh, shit, we have to fade everybody in this offense. But now, over the last couple of weeks, Brees Hall is solidifying himself as the running back one in this offense, which is what we were all excited for and all hoping he would do. So welcome to set and forget territory with Mr. Brees Hall. Brees has finally seen the opportunities that we all thought he would get when we drafted him early. And last week, he had 17 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown while also having six targets, which, by the way, is tied for the second most behind wide receiver Corey Davis. He saw all of the goal line work ahead of Carter and outsnapped him 39 to 24. Now, the matchup coming up is not great because they're playing Miami, who is decent, but the opportunity share is too good to let pass. So I think you have to start Brees Hall until he proves you otherwise. I love this because I also have a shitload of shares of Brees Hall, (laughs) and I really hope he continues because uh, my success in this fantasy year is going to be highly determined by him. Yeah, it is worth noting, as you mentioned, the Miami defense is currently ranked 11th for rushing right now. They're only allowing 103 yards to running backs. So, um, but 
he saw the opportunity. I think at this moment, you know, I agree. I think he's kind of a set and forget. He's earned that role as the running back one in that offense, and you're going to play him. So I, I like that a lot. This last start for me, there's an asterisk here because it's only well, like like we mentioned a couple times now. We're recording on Tuesday, so I this this could change. But right now, if this person plays, I'm starting him, and it's Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro has missed the last two weeks with a concussion. So it's probably about time, depending upon how his mind currently is, that he is going to suit up and play. And I, I enjoy the matchup a lot. He's playing against the Chiefs. And a lot of you are probably thinking, it's the Chiefs. Are you insane? I like this. It's a divisional game. It's a, it's I don't know if it's a real rivalry in the in the NFL world, but it's a rivalry that I've concocted in my mind. Any divisional game is a rivalry. The Chiefs are actually not doing great against the pass. The Chiefs are giving up 263 yards a game to the wide receivers and passing, which makes this really, really interesting because you have somebody like Devontae Adams on this team who is very clearly a must-start. But these last two weeks, Devontae Adams has not been incredible. Or I, I think he was this last week. But, um, yeah, I mean, he he did great this last week. But in weeks two and three, he he was just okay. Devontae Adams is very clearly a must-start, but there is another gentleman by the name of Mac Hollins who has been usable for fantasy football. He's kind of been... Mac Hollins has been filling in for Hunter Renfro, and he actually, in weeks two, he put up almost 12 points. In weeks three, he, only, he put up almost 30 points. So he's kind of filling in for Renfro, and if Renfro comes back, I would feel very comfortable starting Hunter Renfro because... This Chiefs offense is giving up passes. They're obviously going to key on Devontae Adams, as they should. And I think that opens up a lot of uh, for Renfro and his usability. So um, I, I'd start him if he is playing. Yeah, I don't hate it. The, the one thing that, I mean, there are a couple things with that that's, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be uncomfortable playing Renfro, but I probably wouldn't put him on my starts list just because, number one, it is a divisional game. And we've seen historically the divisional games are a little bit tighter. They're a little bit... Uh, more defensive games, offenses have a hard time putting their putting their game plan together uh, in these high stakes games. Um, and for that reason, I just think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than people would assume. Um, Does that but mean the you're taking thing, the under in this game? Um, I don't know what it actually is, so potentially. But um, I, I say I, I'm more likely to take the under in any given game if it's a divisional game, yes. Um, but I do want to point out that, uh, the chiefs defense, even though you're right, they haven't been great against the pass. Uh, 51 they put, points. that's the under. Yeah. I'd probably take the under on that. Okay. Um, for the D gens in the audience, I probably, it's a primetime game too. It's Monday night. Yeah, that's well, yeah, we'll see. But Patrick Mahomes looked phenomenal last week and it's just hard to believe that he's going to be able to do that two weeks in a row with this chiefs offense that is kind of hit and miss so far. Um, but in any case, the Chiefs defense uh, held the best quarterback who's ever played the game to a very lackluster game. And, you know, Tom Brady actually looked as good as he probably can look, and that offense looked better than they've looked all season playing against the Chiefs. That's true. Um, but because of the Chiefs offense, uh, you know, was able to put a lot of pressure on them and force the, the Buccaneers into a weird kind of spot where they were constantly having to throw the ball. And despite the fact that Tom Brady had all of his weapons there, they just weren't able to make it happen. So I think this Chiefs defense is capable of, uh, of putting the game script, uh, you know, putting the plan in place and making it happen. Um, so I'm not overly excited about playing a wide receiver, uh, you know, against them. But with that said, 
you know, I'm not uncomfortable playing Hunter Renfro if he plays because you're right. The key, they're going to key on Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro is a very good slot receiver. Uh, he's going to see the ball. It's just a matter of how much. Enough to make it worth it for your fantasy team? Question mark. Does he finish in Perhaps. top 24? Does he finish top 24 this next week if he plays? I think he does. Um, I'd probably put him right on that line. Okay. Um, I probably would. I, you know, I'd, I'd say if you have him and you can play him in a flex position, I'd be more excited about that than if you were forced to play him as your wide receiver too. Um, so I'd probably put him right on that line. You know, okay. maybe maybe between 23 and 29. Okay, I'm putting him. I I bet he finishes inside the top 24. All right, we'll check that come okay. Sunday. Um, I am Monday. going to move on now. Monday, that's what I said <laughs> in my mind. Um, I'm going to move on now to my last and Yeti's last start of the week, which is Mr. Devin Singletary. This is a very interesting sort of narrative going around here with the Buffalo Bills offense in that it, it took them to sign, uh, Dalvin cook's little brother, uh, to actually give Singletary the, the role that he needed for like the last five years. Like it, it actually took them bringing somebody else in to say, okay, wait a minute. We don't want to use any of these running backs and we just want to use Devin Singletary. Uh, but Either way, if you have Devin Singletary, you got to be happy happy about it. Devin Singletary is back on the start list after finishing as an RB2 versus Baltimore last week. Buffalo is treating him as their top back as he played on 88% of the snaps, dominating the reps in back-to-back weeks. He saw 11 carries, 4 catches on 5 targets, and 96 yards. Singletary is getting a much better matchup this week versus the Steelers' rust defense that can't stop anything or anyone. So I think Singletary's probably going to have a pretty big game. Yet he says that, and I agree. Yeah, and it it is worth noting they're playing against the Steelers who are missing TJ Watt, one of their best, uh, one of the best defensive players in the game right now. So yeah, I I like this play a lot, and and obviously the Bills are... uh, one of the best teams in the NFL. So it, it, it is of no surprise. I think they're going to go up early and then Devin Singletary. It is actually interesting because I do think the Bills are going to destroy the Steelers. And I think for that reason, maybe Singletary is not worth a play. I'm going to play devil's advocate here because they what if, what you know, they get up early enough. Like, you know, Isaiah Pacheco is a great example of this. We saw the Chiefs um, the week previous, they got up and then they kind of just benched everybody and started playing their backup guys. Like Isaiah Pacheco got a lot of usability. Perhaps James Cook is worth a speculative just dart throw for running back and maybe like a DFS format, given if the Bills go up a lot and they they bench their starters. James Cook, I could see actually getting involved in this game. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But the flip side to that argument is, you know, look, take the Chiefs game, for example. Um, yeah, you started seeing uh, the rookie running back starting getting more reps, but that was only after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire put up uh, ridiculous numbers beforehand because they were up for so long that they were running the ball a shitload. Uh, and if if they end up going up by a lot, which I think is pretty likely, I think Devin Singletary, even if he doesn't play for the second half of the fourth quarter, um, is still going to see a huge uh, portion of the volume there throughout the entire game. So I'm still not uncomfortable at all playing Devin Singletary, even if they, even if no, it's a I'm blowout. Just, I, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. And it, it is, it, it's interesting to me because Devin Singletary, at some point, I feel like James Cook is, he has to get more involved in this offense. And really the reason that I bring this up is this is Devin Singletary's last, last year with the Bills. After this year, his contract is up, and they they haven't re-signed him at this point. And if they don't, it, I think, and you know, everything that they've kind of done indicates that they probably won't because they drafted James Cook early and and want him to be their guy. So 
At what point does that happen? Maybe it doesn't happen this year. I don't know, but it is just worth mentioning, especially in a dynasty format. It's, it, you know, James Cook is certainly not somebody I'm, I would want to drop in a dynasty format because this is Devin Singletary's at this moment, his last year with the Bills. So um, just just worth mentioning. And I, and I don't know how that's going to play out. And I'm, I am interested to see how it plays out as the year progresses. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Who is your last start of the week? That is it. Uh, we, oh, we, we did it three. all. We just do three. We just do yeah, three. I appreciate that. Okay, good. Okay. I'm going to start with my sits of the week. And, okay, um, send it. All right, it is all of these Steelers wide receivers. We talked about Kenny Pickett just a little bit earlier. It's time we talk about these wide receivers. You mentioned George Pickens. He is somebody worth a speculative ad. I do like that. I, I, I don't hate it because... Pickett and Pickens have a connection. Deontay Johnson's still a great wide. I mean, that whole wide receiver core is not bad. But the reason that I'm sitting them is because not only do they have Kenny Pickett, rookie quarterback, he gets his first start. That wouldn't necessarily scare me away. It, it definitely helps, but that's really half the reason. The other half the reason is because they're playing the Bills defense, the best defense in the NFL. That is a problem. I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I don't know if I would have started Pickett this week if I was Mike Tomlin throwing him in against the hardest team in the NFL, both offensive and defensively. Um, it's a tough go of it. And I don't think I, I, I don't want to risk starting any of these wide receivers. I would certainly bench them this week. Let's see how this progresses. But it's certainly not a matchup worth, uh, worth taking that risk on in my eyes. So I'm sitting all the Steelers wide receivers. Well, let me ask you this. Say you're someone who you're not slated to win, right? You're projected to lose by quite a bit. You're looking for upside. You have someone like Deontay Johnson um, or you have someone like Pickens um, that you can plug into, say, your flex body or or your wide receiver, too. Um, You're looking for upside, and you know that the Steelers are in all likelihood going to be fighting from behind. The game script is going to be very positive, and you know, obviously, this is a good defense, but Pickens is or Pickett is probably going to have to throw the ball a lot mm-hmm. in order to stay in this game. Does that, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for a desperation play, are you willing to plug one of these guys in just for the hope that uh, Pickett comes out and amazes? No, I mean, like, I'm, you know, I would rather start any of my the people that I have in my starts of the week than any of the wide receivers for the Steelers in, in large part because, like, like mentioned, the Bills defense is very good, but I haven't seen a good enough sample size of Pickett. You know, we saw him last week, and, and you you talked about how all of his throws were caught. His, the ball didn't hit the ground once. That's great. They were also playing the Jets, who are not a good team. So, yeah, he had 10 completions. Well, he had 13 completions on 13 attempts. Just three were to the other team. And we talked about that earlier. But you're also – you have to look at this, the disparity between <laughs> the two defenses. And you're playing the Jets' defense versus the Bills' defense. Very, very different animals in, in in its entirety the jets have one of the worst defenses, and the bills have one of the best so i i don't feel comfortable starting those those wide receivers because even though they are going to be throwing the ball you're throwing the ball to very good d-backs and i think that there's an opportunity for them to take the ball away and this game gets out of hand rather quickly i just i don't see him getting it done and i'm sitting all the steelers wide receivers yeah that's fair i don't i don't disagree um, I'll move on to Yeti's first sit of the week. Uh, one that's uh, another guy that I would have brought up in this category if he did not. So I'm glad we're talking about him here. And it's Mr. James Conner. I'm sorry to say, Hunter. 
Um, but we knew that James Conner was due for touchdown regression. There was just no way he was going to score another 15 freaking touchdowns. Um, but wow, he's only seen one. It's been four weeks. He's only seen one touchdown. Uh, and by the way, he's playing the Eagles, which has a very good defense yes. that has only given up 46 yards on the ground in the last three weeks. 46 yards in three weeks, including 29 yards to J-Rob, 38 to Gibson, and 17 to Dalvin Cook. That's ridiculous. So if you play Connor, you're just praying for that goal line touchdown to save you. Uh, in all likelihood, it's going to end badly for people it, who no, decide it, to go It that will way. end badly for you. The Cardinals goal line offense is freaking atrocious. That's coming from a Cardinals fan. So, it, yeah, I love this sit. I If I don't own James Connor in any of my leagues, but if I did, I would be looking to pivot very quickly because I, the Eagles, uh, I think they're going to beat the living crap out of the Cardinals this week. And, um, James Conner is our offense has not looked great. So I, I would feel very comfortable sitting him this week. Yeah. Who you got? This one I'm going to get a lot of heat for. This is some, uh, there are going to be some pissed line. You see who it is now and you're like, Oh my God, it's Christian McCaffrey. And I know that I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but I would, I would be okay exploring some other options. Obviously you drafted CMC. He's a must start. Um, but he's going against a really, really tough defense in the 49ers. They are the second best defense for rushing. They're only allowing 73.8 rushing yards per game, right? Now, many of you may think, well, okay, CMC, he gets a lot of value from catching the ball. I understand that, and I agree. The problem here, 49ers defense is the second in the NFL, allowing the least amount of yards through the air right behind the Bills. Okay? Baker Mayfield sucks. Baker Mayfield is horrible. Compounding on that, Matt Rule, the head coach for the Panthers, sucks. He's terrible. He, he's it, This whole team sucks. Not a great matchup for this star running back. I don't think CMC is going to have a good week this week. I really don't because I, I don't trust that offense. I don't trust Baker Mayfield, and I don't trust Matt Rule to effectively get the ball in his playmaker's hands. I, I just it, Unfortunately, I just don't see CMC having a good week, and... Um, I, I think he's going to underperform where a lot of people expect him to perform at. Yeah. I mean, I'd push back a little bit. I, I, I think that he's probably worth a start. Um, and I think just what we've seen so far from all the top two running backs, it's forced everybody to temper your expectations. Sure. Uh, as far as, you know, we, we're used to CMC putting up like 35, 40 points a game when he's healthy. And that's just not something that we're going to see, um, especially not in this matchup because they are playing a very good defense. Um, but the other thing is, is that CMC is like the only one in this offense that sees touches on the ground. So if they're allowing 73.8 yards, there's a good chance that CMC is going to see the vast majority of those yards. And then on top of that, yeah, they're great through the air, but CMC is the only one catching passes out of the backfield. So even if CMC has a bad game, you're still talking about catching, you know, three, four passes and also rushing for 50, 60 yards. And that's perfectly usable as a starter in a league where so many running backs are completely useless. So I, I agree with you that you have to temper your expectations uh, in this matchup, just given how good the 49ers defense appears to be. Uh, we saw what they did to the Los Angeles Rams, and it was uh, pitiful. Um, but I also think that CMC is someone that I can pretty much never bench I'm for gonna, anybody else that I have in mind. I'm going to have – this is a hot take. This is a hot take, and I'm, I'm just going to say it. I think Damian Pierce finishes better than CMC does this week. Who are the Texans playing? Texans are playing Jacksonville. Christian McCaffrey is uh, playing the best defense that he has seen this year. The the last the, the best defense he has played thus far is the Saints, and they allowed him 
25 attempts on 108 yards on the ground. He finished with 13 points in fantasy. So uh, that was the best. Def- this is now the best defense that he's going to play this year. And I just don't trust that team. I, I think Damian Pierce is going to finish with higher fantasy points than CMC. Yeah, I mean, when you when you break it down to the numbers, I think that there's a possibility that you're correct about that. that you know, I think between 12 and 16 points is probably right where CMC is going to finish, depending on whether or not he scores a touchdown. Um, and I, I think that's, like I said, I think that's usable in a lot of fantasy leagues. I mean, given sure. how scarce and how terrible the running back position is, that's why I'm probably not going to sit him. Um, but there's also a chance Damian Pierce goes out there and gets 27 carries and goes for 150 yards and a touchdown or two. And at that point in time, yeah, you could see it. And the thing is, is that the running back position is so volatile. You can, you can say that about anybody. You can say, oh, this you know, running back X is going to outperform CMC or going to outperform Austin Eckler or Dalvin Cook. Because this position is so well, volatile. Yeah, no, and I get that. But it, the reason I say that is because I think there's a real possibility that CMC owners also own Damian Pierce. Because you you look at this from a draft perspective. Okay, CMC is is obviously a first round pick. He's going first off the board. Your second round pick. A lot of people either you know grabbed another running back, which would be potentially like a Leonard Fournette or James Conner or somebody like that. So I, I was trying to think of somebody who was probably drafted later on. And Damian Pierce was one that came to mind. And, and for that reason, there is a potential that they, you know, Damian Pierce owners also own CMC. I think Pierce is going to outperform CMC this week. And, and that's that's kind of yeah. the mentality that I took when I was trying to find a running back that I was like, OK, who who's a good person who may own both, you know? Yeah, I don't want to nitpick to you too much, but if you own Damian Pierce, you're not considering sitting him for anybody. You're starting both CMC and Damian Pierce. So sure. I I I, uh, I just don't see myself sitting CMC pretty much ever as long as he's healthy, just because his his ceiling is so high. Um, but granted, we have yet to see it, so who knows? Who knows? And it is a tough matchup. So I think temper your expectations, but I'm still going to plug him in. Uh, I'll move on here to my next sit, which is a sit for me like all the time since 15 weeks ago, which is Zeke. <laughs> now, Zeke is dominating the snap count and the carries for Dallas. We have to acknowledge that, but he has yet to finish in the top 10 this season. He's not efficient at all. He wasn't efficient versus Washington uh, last week, only gaining two and a half yards per carry. Call him call him Najee Harris for how terrible he is oh. on yards per carry. Um, and he gets an even worse matchup against the elite Rams defense. So the Rams allow the fewest fantasy points to running backs so far this season. Look for this trend to continue with Zeke's inefficiency combined with Pollard lurking behind him. And by the way, when you look at the eye test, Pollard looks so much better. So much better. Who would you rather own between Zeke or Najee? Najee. Okay. Yeah, me too. I was just not. Well, Najee doesn't have, he doesn't have the Pollard lurking behind him. That's the thing that goes for him. So Najee's going to get the volume. If Zeke fumbles once, you're going to see him get, you know, seven or eight carries. Um, so he makes one mistake, which he had a big fumbling problem last year. If he makes one mistake, they have a great guy that they can go to. Whereas Najee gets a little bit of relief from that. Um, it's just, they're both inefficient. Both of these offenses look kind of just okay when it comes to the run, uh, you know, on the ground. Um, and Zeke is injury prone. Gibson or, Z- also Gibson or Zeke? Uh, probably Gibson. Okay. Uh, I'm not last, happy about either of them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be either. Uh, my last sit of the week is Scotty. I'm sorry that he made my list. I know you own quite a few shares of this young man. It's Drake London. I think I said him. I think if you are on the fence and I see you giving me the thumbs down, uh, I think I would sit him if you're on the fence between him or someone else. I'm not going to argue what the talent is 
that is Drake London. He is a talented person and he is a talented athlete. He's a great wide receiver. What I am going to argue is the talent that his quarterback is not. Over the last two weeks, Mariota has only thrown the ball on average 19 and a half times. I do think that we are going to see that increase a little bit because Cordero Patterson is hurt. They're going to have to tweak their run game a little bit. And the, the Falcons have done very well at their run game this, you know, thus far. I think without Cordero, they're going to introduce some new pieces that, that we'll discuss perhaps here in a moment. Um, but I, I think that we're going to see that continue. London is leading those targets, but they're going to play a very difficult Tampa secondary, and that scares me. So um, I have concerns that the wider that, that Drake London is not going to get it done for you because Mariota is not going to get it done for you. So if you you know London is somebody who you're probably struggling on a week to week basis. Do I flex him or do I flex him? I would you know depending upon who the other the other contender is, I would I would feel comfortable sitting London this week. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. If you've got someone that you're trying to decide between, this is going to be a tough matchup, and you're right. The biggest problem with Drake Lennon and Kyle Pitts, as we've established, I have many shares of both of them, is uh, is Marcus Mariota and the fact that this offensive coordinator does not trust Marcus Mariota to play offense. So they want to hand the ball off, and they have the benefit of having someone like Cordero Patterson, who looks pretty damn good. And even with Cordero Patterson out, Tyler Algier in the in the games that he's played has also looked pretty damn good. So I don't think they're going to have an issue continuing to run the ball. Um, I think they're going to have, you know, the game script is going to necessitate that they throw the ball a little bit more this game. But, um, you know, he's someone that, depending on the matchup of, uh, of your other player that you're deciding between, I wouldn't be opposed to sitting him either. Um, but it really pains me to say it because I really want Drake London to be great. I really I, do. As somebody, you know, you mentioned you have a lot of shares of both London and Pitts. Would you like to see Desmond Ritter just get on the field this year or would you would you prefer it to still be Mariota? No, 100 percent. I think that Desmond Ritter, obviously unproven, um, but I think that given his play style, it would benefit the pass catchers in this offense more so than Marcus Mariota. And not only that, but I think that uh, being sort of that's. Uh, prototypical pocket passer quarterback is going to allow for a little bit more trust because, you know, the thing about Marcus Mariota as well as with all rushing quarterbacks is it's a wild card. And sometimes that wild card is worth betting on if you're Patrick Holmes or Lamar Jackson. Um, but sometimes the wild card really Fs you over when you're someone like Carson Wentz. Um, so you, with, with that pocket passer quarterback, you have that stability. You feel comfortable throwing short passes in order to get, in order to get first downs instead of running the ball. You just feel more comfortable all around. And, it would take a little bit of getting used to the NFL speed for Desmond Ritter um, in, in terms of this season, but I do think that uh, you know I, I do think that it would benefit the pass catchers if that transition was made, especially over the course of the season. Maybe not immediately, but over the course of the season, I think it would. Ritter is a very interesting buy for me in a dynasty superflex format because um, right now, obviously, he really hasn't seen the field, so you might be able to get him a little bit cheaper. Think about the weapons that he has. And if if he ends up being the guy, you know, there still is that speculative if. But if he ends up being their starting quarterback, like I think a lot of us think that he will, he's got Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Like, the, what an explosive, young, talented group. So it's, it's I just want to mention that if you play Dynasty, Superflex, he's, there's a chance he's sitting on a taxi spot or, or just a bench somewhere. And you might be able to get him decently cheap if you own some older quarterbacks. So... Uh, I, yeah. I like the, the speculative um, of what it could be with him. I don't know. I, I don't think I agree with that at all. I think Desmond Ritter is kind of 
you know, being that pocket passer type, you're already limiting his value because he's not someone who's going to get you any rushing yards. And on top of that, yeah, Kyle Pitts is great and Drake London is very talented, but most offenses have like three very usable wide receivers and a decent tight end. And we're talking about two weapons. Um, you know, those two weapons are both very talented and they're going to get open, but defenses can key on two guys better than they can key on four guys. Um, and I just, I don't know. He's not someone that they're just young. And that's, that's really what I was going with is it's a very young team. So you could, you could get a lot of usability in production if he sees the field and ends up doing. And I hope he does. I really do. Um, okay. Are we, we're to me now? Yes. You have one more. Okay. Ooh, sit of the week. And I didn't read this before I talked Tyler Algier up one moment ago, but it is Tyler Algier, according to Yeti. This week's waiver wire darling comfortably belongs on your bench. I'm sorry if you spent all your fab or priority claims on him, but a few things concern Mr. Yeti with Algier this week and beyond. Algier did not or did play more snaps than Caleb Huntley last week, but Huntley took all of the short yardage and goal line snaps over him. No goal line snaps and no touchdowns. Damian Williams started week one as the clear running back to own before missing a game with a rib injury, which suck, by the way, I can tell you. Um, He is due back next week. Patterson will be back in four weeks as well. This week, Atlanta goes up against Tampa Bay's defense that allows the third fewest fantasy points to running backs this season. The Falcons are currently nine-point underdogs to Tampa this week, and the game script appears to be not in Algiers' favor. And he spelled favor like the British way, which is weird. Favoir. yeah, there are too many concerns with Algier this week and onward to comfortably, pl- comfortably plug him into your lineup as an RB2 or flex, so he advises you to please look elsewhere. I think that says it for itself. So that wraps up our starts and sits of the week. Yeah, and I'd like to take this moment, and if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you recognize what I'm about to say, but... If you are a fan of the NBA, I'm rocking my Rockets gear right now because the NBA has officially kicked off. Um, The Rockets are playing on Friday. I'm very excited to watch. And if you're a fan of the NBA, you know that the league is full of fast-paced gameplay and thrilling storylines. If you want to keep up with the NBA season's latest updates, tune into a fun-filled podcast called Another Turnover, hosted by Chris A.A. Ron Murphy, who is a friend of ours, great guy, and he knows everything there is to know about basketball. Unlike the typical basketball analyst that most people are familiar with, this show is told completely from the basketball fans' perspective. So you're not going to get any of the bullshit. You're going to get what you actually care about as a fan. And Chris, he jokingly says he's a basketball fan with zero credibility, but that's actually not true. You listen to the podcast for five minutes and you recognize that this guy is the real deal. He knows what he's talking about. So check out new episodes on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, and be sure to follow all social media platforms. Again, that's at another Turnover, another turnover. Don't miss it. Yes, sir. And now we're going to move on to our D-Gen Picks of the Week. D-Gen Picks of the Week. I feel like a fraud. We're on, we're, we're, we're in week five. My parlay that I have given our Brainiacs every single week has not hit, and I'm getting very frustrated. So... I took an easy route. I took the route of least resistance because I want to be right for once. And it's as much as it pains me to say. Um, so I, I, I chose a four leg parlay here. The first one, I took the Eagles winning against the Cardinals. So Eagles money line, which sucks because the Cardinals are my team, but the Eagles are the team 
They are the only undefeated team, and the Eagles look incredible. Uh, the, the line there is minus 235. Obviously, I understand that these lines could all change because right now we're recording and it's Tuesday. Um, so that's that's the first part of my leg. The second part, I'm going to take the Steelers versus the Bills under 47 points. I don't believe this is going to be a high-scoring game. We talked about this game earlier. There is a rookie quarterback in there that I think is going to struggle. I think the Bills are going to get up early, and I think that this game is going to get out of control rather quickly. I'm taking the under on that one at 47 points, and the line is uh, minus 109 there. Next up, this is the risky one. It's Lions versus Patriots. I'm taking the Lions money line. The Lions offense looks great. You know it doesn't? The Lions defense, and I understand that, but I think that the Lions are going to come out. They're going to get this one done. The Lions are actually not favored. It is currently the Patriots. That line is plus 133. I like this one a lot because I do think the Lions are going to get a win in this one. The the Patriots do not look good. And the last part of my line, this is almost cheating. It's Vikings versus Bears. Very obviously, I'm taking the Vikings money line on this one at minus 335. The Bears are poop. That whole team is poop. And I think the Vikings are going to come and poop on the Bears. So uh, if you if you roll with Slapdog on this parlay, it is plus $732. $10. All that hits will net you $73.16. Let's you know, ride, baby. Slapdog, Slapdog. I've been what? drinking whiskey. Yeah. I haven't I haven't eaten dinner yet. So the whiskey is flowing oh, through. No. It's bas- I'm basically 70% bourbon. I'm drinking some Wild Turkey Long Branch, which, by the way, I recommend. It is my go-to it is a good one. value bourbon. It is something that you can spend 35 bucks on, not going to break the bank, and I think it's very good for the price. Um, and Matthew McConaughey agrees, by the way, if you care about that. I didn't know um, that. But I am willing to put my money where your mouth is. Oh. And, uh, I would like you to double down on this parlay. I will give you $10, and we can split the winnings and roll in our room of wealth. Are we going to ride, hits. baby? We're going to ride. It's illegal right. to bet where I am, so I'll just have to give you money. But Well, I have people that help me get it done. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, no, I mean, this is all alleged. Like, if we did sports bet, because we aren't DJs, this is what we would do. Wink, because we we can't. It's illegal. Yes. Well, and not only that, uh, but this is a good time to note that uh, we are not financial advisors. We're not telling you what to do with your money. If you have a gambling addiction, there are places you need to go to help you with that. Uh, Specifically, 1-800-GAMBLER. They will help you with that problem. So we are not giving you advice. We're just telling you what we would do were it legal to do this where we live. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) <laughs> allegedly uh yet he did put a parlay down here for us so i will read his off oh i quickly. didn't see that okay um i think he added it actually while we were recording he actually he's rolling with slapdog on this the first leg here so his leg is also four-legger um he's taking the eagles money line versus the cardinals at minus 235 thanks yeti it feels good to know that my team sucks um cowboys money line versus the rams interesting he thinks the Cowboys are going to beat the Rams here at plus 180 is the current line. Um, I wish I could talk to him about that. I guess I could probably text him after the show and say what's going on here. Um, following that, he's taking the Titans money line versus the Commanders at minus 136. So the Titans are favored on that one. However, that is a little bit closer of a line. Um, and then he's going to finish with the 49ers money line versus the Panthers at minus 278. The 49ers just. Dist- 
I wouldn't say they destroyed the Rams, but they they beat the Rams pretty handily. They they made the Rams look much worse than they are. Yes. Just it, just on the offensive side of the ball, it was incredible to see how terrible that offense looked against against the 49ers. It Their did also help. the real deal. It did also help that Debo had like a 60-yard catch and run, so. Yeah, I mean Debo put the team on his back for sure. Um but I'm I'm really just talking about the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers where you know, Matt Stafford is not a bad quarterback and they have some great offensive weaponry on that team and they could not do a damn thing. Yeah. Like it was just pitiful watching that offense. It ended up being kind of a boring game because of that. Um, but, you know, I'm a, I, I, I was a defensive guy when I played football. I appreciate a good defense and the 49ers put on a clinic. They and I was, it was it was good to watch. Did. So if you roll with Yeti, you're going to get plus 848. Uh, ten dollars will net you eighty four dollars and eighty cents. We will have these posted over on Twitter if you need the um, the exacts of it. Again, we'll post it over there. And do understand that uh, by the time this airs, the lines could change because two days time things could change drastically. So yes. we we do not have our sleeper player prop picks because it is Tuesday and there wasn't enough for us to definitively want to roll with it. So those are our DJ stuff this week, and we're gonna move on to the questions. Here's the mail, it never fails It makes me want to wag my tail When it comes, I want to wail That was pretty good. Thank you. I edited it again. Edited, edited it, edited it. I gone did it, say that? Paul. That's an impossible <laughs> thing to say. Um, even sober me couldn't say that, I'm betting. But uh, no, I edited it. That was pretty good. Last week, uh, good. or last episode, to make you sound better. You're welcome. Thanks, man. What a great producer. Uh, First question. First question comes from Ben Howarth, 531, who is on a one quarterback redraft league. Who would you prefer? ROS. Rest of season. Okay, I get it now. Uh, Josh Jacobs or Brees Hall. Interesting. This one is really interesting. I, I because they're both guys that I really tried to avoid and you can't avoid them anymore. Um. And they both had incredible weeks. They're both kind of. Damn it. I don't know. I want to say Josh Jacobs. Like, that's what I want to say. And I think that's probably the route that I'm going to go because I think that he's on a better offense. And I think that that not only that, but Josh Jacobs does not have Michael Carter looming over him. And while I don't think that. You know, we talked about Brees Hall a little bit earlier and how he's kind of looks like he's put Michael Carter behind bars. Michael Carter is still on the team. He's still rostered. He still suits up on Sunday, and and that could lead to some vulturing there. Um, Brees Hall did see 66% of snaps this last week, which is a, a, uh, a game high for him, while you have Josh Jacobs, who really isn't competing with anybody. So I think if I had to choose, it would be Josh Jacobs. Yeah, no, that's that's the key to this is that Josh Jacobs does not have Michael Carter on his heels. Um, and, you know, Brees Hall is you know obviously taking over that RB1 as we've seen or RB1 position as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, but he's still going to lose touches to Michael Carter and Josh Jacobs. We were really worried about that happening to him, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen to him. This organization is going to run this guy into the ground because they know he's not going to be their problem next year. So they might as well use him while they got him and they are using him. So I, I think I agree with you. I'd go Josh Jacobs. Would you use that as an excuse to buy Josh Jacobs in a dynasty league? I don't know that I'd be interested in buying Josh Jacobs in a dynasty league because of no. that. You just don't know where he's going to end up. You know, I think he's a talented running back, but he... You do you, you don't think he's going to have enough usability on whatever team he goes to and be that bell cow? 
no, I don't. I I very much doubt he'll be a bell cow. And the primary reason is it's not because of Josh Jacobs. It's because most teams do not run a bell cow running back. It's it's just that's the NFL has moved away from that. It's made the running back position much more difficult to gauge uh, because basically every NFL team has at least two guys that they're very comfortable going with, and many of them have three guys that they're comfortable going with. So I think the likelihood that Josh Jacobs moves to a better situation is pretty much zero. Okay, I was just curious as your thoughts. Uh, next question comes from shenanigans. One, two, three, which running back rest of season, half PPR one quarterback league, Melvin Gordon, David Montgomery, or Ramondre Stevenson. You could have just stopped after Melvin Gordon. It was fine. Um, that, that is the right answer here. Melvin Gordon is, he is hands down the guy I'd want to own rest of season. I think Khalil Herbert is going to make an argument to, um, Ursup David Montgomery, Okay, I, I, no, no. Damn it. This has frustrated me for a long time. You've got a lot of weird phrases that you don't say right, and they always bother me because I'm really pretentious. Um, But the primary one, this word is usurp. Thank you. Usurp. Usurp. Yes. The other one that you say a lot, well, you say a couple ones, but like one of them you say you hit uh, hit the head on the nail instead of the nail on the head. And there's another one that you say like every episode. That you hit the head on the me. nail. I, you hit the you you hit the head on. You the hit nail. the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. Is the is the phrase? Yeah, that, that does make more sense. Uh, Melvin Gordon but, is the right answer here. Regardless, he it, these two other guys. David Montgomery is about to become non-existent, not non-existent, but certainly not usable on a week-to-week basis. I don't think. And the Bears are shit. Um, and Ramondi Stevenson is kind of in a timeshare esque with Damian Harris, and he's kind of an RB two um, with some PPR upside. So Melvin Gordon, obviously Javante Williams got hurt. It's tough to see. You don't root for injury, but Melvin Gordon is going to benefit from that and be an RB1, I think, for uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think you are, you're wrong about some phrases, but you are correct when it comes to your football knowledge, and that is Melvin Gordon uh, obviously takes the cake here um, for sure. So we'll move on to It, it Be Your Own is the name. They are in a 10-team PPR redraft one-quarterback league. Are you taking Mr. Pittman or Gabe Davis and Drake London. We actually put this quite not this exact question, but we did put a a tweet out about Gabe Davis and got some mixed results. I will say the majority of the results were somewhat optimistic on Davis and how um which which kind of surprised me given the fact that he really hasn't done anything since week 1, but people are not writing Gabe Davis off yet, which is which is rather interesting as somebody who does own Gabe Davis. I and while I don't want to write him off, you have to have some of those thoughts, right? Um, he did hurt his ankle in week. He didn't play week two. He has not looked 100%. And many are speculating that that's why is because his ankle is injured and he really hasn't played at 100%. It's also worth noting Isaiah McKenzie did hurt himself and did not finish the game. And Isaiah McKenzie's really been the wide receiver too in that offense since week two. So, um, and then Drake London, we talked about him earlier. I don't want to hash all that out again. And then you got Michael Pittman who I look at on a week-to-week basis as a wide receiver two floor with a wide receiver one upside. I think I think I'm going to take Pittman. I think that is what I would do on here because the other two guys are more of a dart throw on a week-to-week basis. And Pittman, you, you're, if you own him, you're starting him, right? So I, I think it's got to be Pittman for me. 
Yeah, I think I unfortunately agree. Uh, once again, I'd really love Drake London to be that top-tier guy, but it's just been tough so far. So I think I agree with you. I think Pittman is definitely the surefire option, um, though I'm not totally upset with either of these, uh, you know, either side of this. I think Gabe Davis obviously has had a rough go of it, but I think you're going to see him kind of uh, come into his own over the next couple of weeks with the injuries in this offense. Um, and at that point in time, Gabe Davis is a good sell. Um, you know, he's got the name recognition. He'll have a couple good weeks, I think, and you can probably get some value for him too. So it'd be interesting to take that side and flip it over the next week or two. But I think you're right. I think the safe option would, is Pittman. I think that's the most sure option. Would you like, I guess it's all hypothetical right now. So we're, we'll just move on. Okay. All right. Next question comes from fly Rye 99. He's in a half point PPR redraft one quarterback league. Which side are you taking Miles Sanders or Michael Pittman? I like this question actually quite a bit because I think that there's this one is like a real argument where I could see somebody really struggling with this. And I think. I think it's got to be Miles Sanders. I think that's that's probably what the, the right answer is here, given the fact that he did have a great week this last week. He's seeing all the touches out of the backfield for this Eagles team that is, oh, by the way, undefeated. And they're they're they look great. I mean, the lowest amount of touches Miles Sanders got was week one. He got 13 was his the lowest he's seen all year. Then it's 17, 15. This last week he saw 27. It's insane. Miles Sanders looks great. He is. Oh, I thought he's always looked great last year. I could not understand for the life of me why the Eagles did not run the ball with him more because he looked great. I had some fears on him on the offseason for that reason. They have been they have been thwarted. They are done. They are gone. I think Miles Sanders would be the, the right choice here, given the fact that it's so difficult to predict running backs right now. And he is the eighth overall running back on the year at this moment. Yeah, with Miles Sanders, you're getting a guy who's averaging 18 touches a game, um, and he's got the ceiling of 27 touches in a game, and you just can't beat that right now with how volatile the uh, the running back position is. Um, so as much as I like Michael Pittman, um, I think Miles Sanders is the clear go-to just because you probably need him on your team. You probably need him right now is the bottom line. All right, final question comes from Dry Reality 2841 he had Trey Lance and he picked up Wentz, but now he's looking at other options at quarterback. What do you think? Should he keep Wentz? Should he pick up Zach Wilson? Should he pick up Jared Goff or should he pick up Ryan Tannehill? Mm. Welcome to, welcome to quarterback roulette, my friend. I'm in the same boat because I like you had Trey Lance. Um, the only difference is I did not pick up Wentz. I picked up both Tua and Jared Goff. This week, I actually like both Wentz and Goff. I think the matchups are there. If I had to choose for personal bias reasons, <laughs> it's Goff because I own him and I'm going to be playing him. But realistically, Goff is playing a Patriots defense that I don't think is incredible. And Wentz is currently, I mean, he's playing a Titans defense, which is also not great. Both these defenses are just okay. I, I Those are the two I would probably kind of roll with. I'm not interested in Ryan Tannehill and I'm not interested in Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has some long-term appeal if he can figure it out, but at the moment he hasn't figured it out enough for me to want to roster him at this point. So it's it's Wentz and Goff for me. And I I if you don't have the space to do it, I mean at this point it's a coin flip for me, to be completely honest, between both Wentz and Goff. Um you know there's an argument to be made Amon Ra's out, which is Goff's go-to target, but Goff kind of proved he can still get it done without him. So I, 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 for me, it's, it's a coin flip to be honest. Yeah. 
I, I think the the realization you have to come to right now is that you're not in a position where you hang on to a quarterback. You're in a position where you stream quarterbacks. Um, any given week, any one of these quarterbacks that you named could have a favorable matchup that would make it worthy of picking them up and putting them in your starting lineup. So um, there's nothing wrong with streaming quarterbacks, by the way, because as we've discussed, you know, many times throughout the offseason and into the season, the difference between a quarterback that you stream and the difference between a top tier quarterback is actually pretty small. There are a lot of streaming quarterbacks who are getting 17, 18 points a game and your top tier quarterbacks are getting 21, 22 points a game. So the difference in your skill positions is much more important than your quarterback. So there's nothing wrong with playing the matchups, swapping out quarterbacks every single week, just based on who they're playing. Um, and I think that's the position that you're in. And I agree, you know, from there, I agree with the assessment that Hunter, you made. I, I think that Wentz has a good matchup. I think that Goff has proven that he's someone that's worthy of of looking at for a tentative start and then taking it week by week from there. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head on that one, Scotty. Um, oh, God, that that was so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think for me, it'd probably be Goff. I mean, he this week. Um, if I had to choose, but like you mentioned, you can, you can wrote, the nice thing is, is we're, we're, we're going into week five, right? So we, we start to see some more of a sample size and can kind of gauge, okay, that defense is doing this to wide, you know, giving this much up to wide receivers. This defense is giving this much up to quarterbacks on the goal line. We're starting to have a usable sample size, which is really, really nice. And I, I, that's kind of, we're, we're allowed to use some information now because we have. We have a bigger sample size. So for me, I think it's Jared Goff, but I, I would not hate either a Wentz or Goff on this one. Yeah, I don't disagree. All right, perfect. That is it. That is all the questions that we have. If this is your first time aboard the Brainiac or the Leatherbrain train, you're now a Brainiac. Appreciate you tuning in. As mentioned before, go give us a follow at Twitter if you're not already doing so at Leatherbrains. If you don't have a Twitter account, Go make one because it will highly change your life for fantasy football. I promise you that. Um, and go give us a follow. We're constantly updating everybody about what's going on, asking questions, interacting with the community. It is a wonderful time. So um, that's it. That's all the time that we have, Scotty. And we are. And also go Chiefs and go Rockets. Out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leather Brains. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and YouTube, as well as following us at Leather Brains on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for specific fantasy advice, including draft advice, trade insight, starts and sits, or even if you want our thoughts on your sports bets, please feel free to send us a DM on Twitter for an answer and a chance to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back before you know it.